0: Welcome to The Automators. I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by Rosemary Orchard. How are you doing today, Rosemary?
1: I'm good. I'm surrounded by boxes uh, because I've just moved house, but it's given me a chance to set up the home kit stuff again, so I'm pleased to report it will be going dark during recording, but it won't actually be dark because I'm going to turn the lights on from my Mac, and that's so exciting to be able to do that again.
0: And here I was thinking you would just show up, and you'd have like a stainless steel box that you open and a bunch of automated robots jump out like spider robots and they move everything for you and you're just all set
1: <laughs> I i'm disappointed I disappointed yeah yeah if somebody knows where those are there's still a whole bunch of unpacking left to be done but i'm in the state where i can officially podcast so that's so good
0: well we have a guest today one of my very favorite automators welcome to the automators tj luoma
2: Hey, so happy to be here. Have super enjoyed uh, the show and uh, always happy to talk about automating things. Uh, it, it's as close as I have to a hobby. So uh, this is uh, this is kind of where I get to really nerd out.
0: Well, I, I'm glad that you uh, took the time to join us. You've been a frequent guest on the Mac Power Users over the years. Um, I, we always love talking to you because you just always have such interesting ideas uh, you changed my life a few months ago when you recommended I buy rollerblade wheels for my office chair. I thank you every day now when I sit <laughs> and I'm not wrecking my floor and I can literally roll across the entire house on one push. So that's awesome. Uh but that's how we're here. Uh we're gonna here today to talk about automation. And that, like you said, is your hobby. Uh we're gonna cover with TJ today because his stack runs deep, gang. We're gonna at some point we're gonna get into some Stream Deck cool stuff he's doing and Uh, But I think let's start out, TJ, just with a little background. How did you turn this into your hobby? How did you become such a big automator?
2: Well, you know, it was interesting. I I think it goes all the way back to uh, going. I, I started college, entered college as a computer science major because I really enjoyed computers. And I thought, oh, well, obviously, computer science is the thing that I should do. And then I took a programming course and realized that I hated programming. Um, And I tell people it's the difference between enjoying driving a car and being a mechanic. Um, And I really enjoy the driving. I really enjoy driving a computer. And, uh, I mean, I grew up watching the Jetsons. I mean, the robots are supposed to do things for you. Uh, And so I really got into the idea of how can I do these things? You know, how can I do something once? and then not have to do it again. Um, and that's really been, uh, you know, the, the secret to me is like, if I realize I've got to do something again and again and again, uh, especially if something has to be done in a sequence, I'm terrible at remembering these things. And so if I can, you know, do it once the right way, um, I I'd, I'd much rather do that once and then have some kind of a system there to help me uh, replicate that, uh, at, at, uh, at will. Yeah, you know, I'm like you,
0: I've done the online courses, I've made, you know, apps for the iPhone using Xcode and going through, But I mean, real basic stuff and used APIs. But to me, that's like, that is a profession. If you want to get good at that, you have to spend all your time doing that. Whereas the bit I want is I want to be able to drive a computer enough to get my work done for me sooner, but I don't necessarily want to write the apps that do the work.
1: Yeah, and I'm the complete opposite of both of you. I love yeah. programming and writing code and figuring out why this doesn't work. It's always Python and the indentation is wrong. That's always the answer <laughs> for me. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's uh, for me, it's great fun figuring it out. But as you said, TJ, it's all about the actual steps that are involved. It doesn't really matter how you solve it, um, you know, providing you end up figuring out what the steps are that you need to replicate and then, you know, a solution where you can ideally drag and drop like Lego to get everything in there.
2: I think this is the point where somebody has to say, yes, we know it's Lego, what uh, blocks and blocks and and something, whatever the, but everyone knows what we mean.
0: Yeah. Never call them Legos. You do that. The whole internet writes you email. I'm just telling you that that's a, that's an important safety tip. If you listen over the last few years, I've been very careful.
2: It's it's the hierarchy (laughs) of things not to do on the internet. is like, you know, messing with a cat, a puppy and calling things, you know, Legos.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the fact that you've merely used the word now means you're going to get email. So you've been warned.
1: <laughs> I'm writing an email to both of you as we speak, just to uh, cover it for the KC listeners. Casey at
2: CaseyList.com. No,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so TJ, we are going to, uh, like I said, we are going to kind of get into the deeper stuff later in the episode. But I wanted to start out. I mean, there are people listening to the show that that you know don't do scripting. But they use kind of like the basic automation tools, you know, the holy trinity of Text Expander, Keyboard Maestro, Hazel, that kind of stuff. Uh, share some some automation you've done with us recently using like UI scripting and those types of tools.
2: Sure, uh, you know that there's uh, there's always something, and I love using all of those uh, different tools. Uh, I've got uh, one that you know I'll just use as an example with uh, Hazel. And uh I've been doing this daily podcast uh for um during COVID time uh, about the, the daily lectionary, which is just some scripture readings and things. I started it as my own sort of you know process. And I also thought, well, maybe others could benefit from this. And but of course, doing a podcast every day, there's a lot of repetitive steps. And yeah. one of them was that uh when the levelator came back out. I wanted to send my uh, my final file through Levelator. So I set up uh, Hazel so that if I name a file in my uh, Audio Hijack folder and it says Level Me in the file name, that will automatically open the file in Levelator. And then I just have to push a button and it runs in Levelator. Um, and, you know, so that's not a, a difficult thing. But again, it saves me from having to flip over to finder, find the right file, right click on it, open it in the, in the level app. And again, something I do every day. Yeah. That that's, let me interrupt
0: there. That, that is something I think a lot of people don't think about is that what I call name based tagging, um, because, for lack of a better term, like if you're working on an iPad, uh, you know, the, the tagging tools on the iPad need, need love They, you know, they're there, but they're not really there, right. you know? um and so people write me all the time well what am i supposed to do i'm working on the ipad i'm like just add it to the name you know put something in the name of the file and if you've got a file that's viewable on a mac hazel can do what it needs because there is a command in hazel it says name contains doesn't have to be name matches contains is the magic phrase there and then you put whatever you want at the end you you put your tag like in um, TJ's case, he's saying "level me," and that is a tag in essence. And if you want to be fancy, you can even write it so it renames the file to take "level me" out afterward. Um, but you don't have to, and that's uh, a very easy way to do that. And using shortcuts on iOS, it's it's trivial to add, you know, to a pin to a name. So you can even automate the process of adding the, you know, air quote name based tag. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do this a lot with shortcuts. I have shortcuts, you know, prepend something to a name and stick it in a folder in Dropbox, which is cunningly named automated actions. And then Hazel's just watching that and stuff comes down in that folder and Hazel's like, oh, wait, I I need to do this magic Um, because it's super easy to do and requires practically zero thinking about, especially with a couple of little automations to get things rolling.
0: Yeah, I do have a solution for tagging on iOS now finally. Um, but maybe we'll save that for another day. I'm kind of going down the rabbit hole. All right, interrupted you. What's next? Uh,
2: well, continuing my, my belief that there are only about seven or eight actual people in the world who write AppleScript, and then the rest of <laughs> us just Google and copy and paste. Yes, uh, yes. I found, <laughs> I found a glorious thing, that uh, which is an AppleScript that will move your dock from being on the left to moving it to the bottom. Because when I'm editing files in uh, Fission, I want to be able to go all the way to the left side of my screen without popping up the dock or getting into the dock. So usually I've got my dock on the left, which is where God wants it to be. Um, But, you know, sometimes I do move it out of the way. And what I was doing before was um, I had a uh, uh, I was using a, a shell script, but it had to kill the dock. And with the Apple script, you don't have to kill the dock, which you know, has some other side things. And so now I've got this little toggle where I, and I, I hit option D, and it'll either, if it's on the left, it goes to the bottom. If it's on the bottom, it goes to the left. And like two days later, I saw somebody, I think on either the automators or MPU forum asking, hey, how do I move my, my dock around? And I'm like, hey, let me share this Apple script that somebody wrote 10 years ago that I have now copied that you can now copy.
0: Yeah, you know, it took me a minute to compute that because I was thinking you were talking about a document, and uh, but you're talking about the dock with the apps, and of course, yes, yeah, yeah, and uh, automating moving that is is a great idea. Where's where's your dock, Rosemary?
1: Uh, well, I, I I've just been told that it belongs on the left, so I've moved it. Uh, it was on the right. Uh, I have an ultra wide monitor, so for me, it makes very little sense to put the dock at the bottom of my screen, simply because I've got a lot of horizontal real estate and I've not got a lot of vertical in comparison. Um, so I, I have it. I had it on the right. It's now living on the left. I'm going to try and see, but I'm right-handed and I tend to look over to the right for things. So uh, I'll, I'll see how it goes.
2: Well, it's interesting that one of the reasons that I do that is only because uh, I, that's where the Apple menu is. It's over on the left. And I used to remember pinning when you used to be able to move the dock, like all the way to one side, Yep, I'd have Mm -hmm. it pinned to the very top left corner. So basically that was just where you could send your mouse, uh, but I think either left or right is acceptable unto the Lord. Uh, on the bottom, though, makes no sense because our monitors are definitely all wider than they are. unless maybe you've got, you know, your monitor turned into portrait mode or something. But uh, um, left or right, I think, is probably almost equally acceptable.
0: Or if you're like feeling nostalgic for Tiger or something like that, and you just want it to <laughs> look old. Yeah. But the uh, hiding on or off, since we, we've gone down this rabbit hole.
1: I do not hide my doc because it confuses me when it randomly reappears. Um, and I'd much rather have things consistently be in one place.
2: I usually have it viewable unless the only exception is like, if I'm, I'm working on something and sometimes I just want to focus, I will actually hide the doc and the menu bar, which is still weird, but I've got a wide monitor too. And I can get two pages and like a, a pages document pages I work. Yeah. Um, And then I like sometimes just being able to see that um, and not have, you know, sort of anything else except what I'm trying to to write, but usually viewable on the left. Yeah. And I'm
0: sure there's a way to Apple script the the toggle to hide the dock off and on. If you can move it, I'm sure you can hide it via Apple script as well but I've never really felt the need to automate it. I I put it on the left years ago and that's basically where it stays. Sometimes I'll move it to the bottom if I'm screencasting and people want to see my apps. So they're easier to see, but that's the really the only time I ever do it.
1: I was going to say, there is an exception. I have the doc hidden and at the bottom when I'm screencasting, because then I can just mouse down and people will be able to see it. If I'm navigating between apps and not using the app switcher with command tab.
0: Yeah. Well, um, that's like, Now, where are you using that script, TJ? Is it just a uh, just a simple move the dock, or is it part of something bigger?
2: Uh, it is a, a keyboard maestro macro uh, that I have uh, connected to Option D, uh, Control yeah. op, uh, Command Option D. Of course, will hide uh, or show the dock, and so the Option D just seemed like a another good um, keyboard shortcut.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I feel like mm-hmm. the, um, if there's ever something you want to do system based on your Mac, if you just do a Google search or Apple script and describe what you want to do, it's it's there. Just the other day, I was looking into methods to automate um, killing the microphone input. You know, I was thinking about trying to turn one of my stream deck buttons into a mute switch. And that is doable with a USB mic because there's an easy Apple script. It's like four lines that will set input volume to zero, which does the job. Except because I have an XLR microphone, that's not addressable via Apple script. So it kind of stopped me in my tracks. But just most things you want to do, just like TJ's doc movement, just Google Apple script and describe what you want it to do. And you'll be surprised how often somebody's already written for you. Those eight people yeah. have been really busy.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, they have.
1: And and then the other 8,000 of us have figured out how to hack six different scripts together. And we have something <laughs> kind of kludgy and it's probably got some duct tape in there, but it also achieves what we want. And it moves the doc and hides it at the same time. So I'm betting if I Google for that, I'm going to find it. But that link's not in the show notes yet.
0: I'm actually thinking maybe there's only two people. It's Sal and Doug, and that's it. Yeah. You know? and <laughs> Basically, everything else is derivative.
2: Yeah. It all traces back to Sal. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Drop another one on us. This is good. So, uh, I've got, uh, I've been using the, uh, this is another one that, that is, is a free tool, uh, that I think a lot of people, uh, might know. Uh, well, the new tool I'm using is called rectangle, and this is replacing an app, uh, spectacle, which did the same thing, but Spectacle developer apparently is pointing people towards rectangle. And what this does is it lets you assign keyboard shortcuts to moving uh, windows um, around the screen. So if you want something at the top left corner or centered or full screen, uh, full screen but not maximized, you know, that that yeah. difference there. Um, th- that's one that, uh, again, I do have this really nice monitor now that um, – uh, I think it's like a 27 inch monitor. And, and so, you know, being able to move things around precisely uh, has been a very handy thing because, you know, if you want, if you've got all the screen space, rather than just having one window in the center, why not have two windows side by side? And now, see, I've done all of that with Keyboard Maestro because they've
0: got all those windowing tools in there. And, you know, I always kind of like the idea of, of having fewer tools to do this stuff and i've done a with a bunch of different apps over the years um there was a window managing tool that i used for years now i forgot the name of it because i just haven't reloaded it for so long but the you know keyboard maestro and arrow keys you can do quite a bit with that what 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 is the uh this, does it have the ability to like remember settings for specific apps can it do setups for you this app you're talking about
2: I don't think so, uh, but one of the things that it does uh, that I, you know, I've, I, I know I could probably figure out in Keyboard Maestro, but it, it's just one of these things where it came pre-packaged is sure. like, you can have it do like over to the right and then it'll, it could either make it like larger or smaller based on like, if you keep hitting the same key. Yeah. Um. So that it does, you know, thirds, I guess is the word I'm looking for. um. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's been the, that's been one of the things that, um, you know, I've, I've used this for because I've I've done some of this stuff in Keyboard Maestro and, and obviously, you know, fewer apps is so usually better apps. But um, that's just, again, I, I think for somebody who's looking at maybe an easy way to get into some of this stuff, you know, there's a, another, you know, uh, entry point into it. Um, and I think it's just like rectangleapp.com or something, but uh, yeah. Google rec- Rectangle Mac and you'll find it.
1: Yes, the link is in the show notes already. Of course it is.
0: And I do think that um, window management is a great gateway drug to automation. Like if you're listening to this and trying to figure out how to get started getting an app like this, I mean, when you're able to sit at your Mac and very quickly organize your windows without goofing around with the mouse and, you know, resizing and all that nonsense, um, you will see the benefits of automation very quickly.
1: Even just getting started with actually opening and closing the right applications is a game changer. I spent 5 minutes this morning creating a new keyboard maestro macro which will close the applications that I I need to close at the end of the day on my work Macbook in the right order because if I don't close the database connection application then I can't close the terminal. Um and and some other things. And so I just did that and then at the end of the day I ran a keyboard maestro macro and it just closed everything in the right order for me so I didn't have random windows hanging. Um, which would then interfere with my sessions tomorrow, which was great. So I'd highly recommend playing with both window management and application management.
0: So, Rose, when you need to have apps close in a certain order, um, I'm assuming you're just having it close the app with the keyboard master command, then pause for a little while and then close the other one. Or What's the mechanism you used?
1: Uh, to start with, I actually use an if to check whether or not if the application's running, because if it isn't, then I can just skip it and move on to the next one. Sure. Um, and then and then I just tell it to quit the application. And then I did add a pause for one second in there, Um, but I'm not sure how necessary the pause is. I've just added it because I know that the database connection application can take a little while to quit sometimes, and I don't want to mess things up.
0: Yeah, you, you got to give computers time. That, that's a patience, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. TJ. I bet you've got a fancy end of day script. Just knowing you, I can't imagine you don't have one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I do. I've got one that that will basically, um, you know, shut down all my uh, applications. Uh, I've uh, what I did. (laughs) This is one that uh, another one that um, you know, COVID uh, has me working from home. Uh, which I haven't done before, and and so figuring out that that work-life balance thing, you know, that everyone who works from home has talked about, and I was sure it wasn't going to be a problem for me because I'm special, and guess what, I'm not. Um,
1: <laughs> it, We're all uh, special, just not in the ways that we would hope that we are.
2: Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I did. I had this thing, and and I had it. Um, matter of fact, I've got one that that will run, and uh, it will actually warn me. Uh, that it's about to run and shut down uh, at uh, at six o'clock every day and uh, it will close my mail application it closes omnifocus uh, and uh, you know it's and then <laughs> it just to uh, just to make things even uh, more uh, difficult for me to keep working it will switch to the login screen using like fast user switching so like I, I'm literally like I'm not, it's not shutting down, but like I would have to log back into my computer to keep on working. Wow. And, and if nothing else, you know what, at least I stand up, walk around, you know, refill my water bottle or whatever. And then I decide, you know, do it, do it. You know, can this wait till tomorrow? Um, and then I've got a couple of, um, macros in keyboard maestro that will not let me launch my, I use different email applications for my work email. And one of the reasons for that is it won't let me launch it on the weekend. Uh, Mm. It will see it launch and it will say, nope, it'll put up a notification and it will put it back down. Now, obviously I can turn that off if, you know, something dire comes up, but you know what? Something dire doesn't usually come up on email. It's just this sort of habit we get into of, oh, I wonder, you know, I should check my work email. No, you shouldn't. You should not. Yes. I am
1: totally going to steal that and do that with shortcuts on my iPhone because the work chat pops up and if I'm on holiday or something, I shouldn't be popping in there to see what's going on. You know, or I've already safely. changed notification settings. So I'm going to have it check my calendar. And if I'm not supposed to be working, it's going to, you know, not open it. It'll open, I don't know, uh, Netflix or something, <laughs> <There you laughs> which go. would mean there I have, have to install Netflix on my iPhone. But yeah, I, that, <laughs> that is a genius idea, TJ. Totally stealing that. That's uh and that's possible on multiple platforms now, which yes. is great.
2: Yeah, yep, instead absolutely. of rerouting
0: to Netflix, though, go to like a meditation app or something. You know, it's a there weekend. You go. Just...
1: I mean, Netflix is a way of meditating. I haven't watched <laughs> TV I in weeks, so <laughs> <laughs> I depends on what do. you're watching.
2: Probably. All yeah. right,
0: so let's break. Let's break down the mechanics of those. Um, you know, the is it how are what is the uh, steps you're using? Is it an if statement? You're checking against the day.
2: Uh, yeah, when the. Um... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find it now. When the uh, application launches, uh, it checks uh, basically the hour and the day. And uh, if the day is, uh, well, my because I, I work, you know, as a pastor, I, I do work on Sundays. Uh, but so mine checks to see if it's Friday or Saturday. Um, and if it's Friday or Saturday, then it, it will just quit the app and pop up a notification that says you're not supposed to be working. Um, and Keyboard Maestro has, you know, built in, uh notification tools and you know it can just do quit specific application. Um and uh then it will uh, f- uh, I think it also if it passes that check and it's not those days, then it will check to see if it's after um I think it's 6 30, just so I gave myself a little window at the end of the day for um, you know, if I do need to, you know, finish an email before that, you know, something needs to be sent before tomorrow. Um, then it just checks to see if it's, you know, before, what is it? 1830. Cause it's, I'd use military time. Cause it's easier to do comparisons. Yeah. Uh, for 24 hour time. And if it's after, um, if it's after that and you can do, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, date calculations in, in keyboard maestro too. It's got all these things and the keyboard maestro wiki. Um, I, I think I use two wikis. One of them is Wikipedia and the other one is keyboard Maestro's Yeah. Uh, it's excellent documentation. And it just shows you how to do these things. And uh, yeah, so, you know, a couple of nested uh, if statements uh, is all I need.
0: All right. Uh, Would you be willing to share that one? I'm sure some listeners would like to try and incorporate something like that into their daily lives or even just screenshots and we can put it in the show notes. But um, let's put something in there so uh, folks can check that
2: out. Absolutely.
0: This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Text Expander. Go to TextExpander.com. Slash podcast to get 20% off your first year. Text Expander is the ultimate automator tool. It removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. With Text Expander, you can say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates. Text expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Just recently I was speaking with a close friend who is a teacher and she's struggling, you know, she's teaching from home and she's got to send all these reports to parents and she didn't know how to do it. She was telling me about her crazy copy and paste system. I told her to get text expander. She called me back in like an hour and but within an hour she had downloaded it, figured it out and totally automated her system. She was so happy and I was so happy to be able to share that with her. So, Whoever you are, whatever you do, TextExpander can help you. Text Expander can be used on any platform, any app, anywhere you type. So take your time back and increase your productivity with Text Expander. And best of all, Automator's listeners get 20% off their first year. So go to TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander and let them know you heard about it here on the Automators. And our thanks to Text Expander for their support of the Automators. Yeah, you know, we were talking before the break about shutdown scripts. I've got one too, although mine isn't as nuclear as yours. I, uh, I actually leave my Mac running in the background to run mail rules. So, like, there's there's certain things I actually leave going, but there is something to be said to have a shutdown style automation from your Mac. Um, I use the shortcut Control Option Command X. And whenever I hit that, I'm stepping away. It clears a whole bunch of stuff out. And the desktop is always clean. And I feel like coming back to a computer and having Windows open from the last session you were on makes it really hard to get started with whatever the reason was you went to the computer. Because you're like, oh, wait, there's Mm -hmm. email. Let me see what's going on in email. Or there's that project I was working on two hours ago. Let me just pick up Mm -hmm. there. And um, as silly as it sounds, it's definitely a brain hack to you know, properly get your windows off the screen, whether you're shutting them down in order like Rose or just hiding some of them like me to give yourself a fresh start when you come back to your computer.
2: Yeah. And if your mail application, you know, like badges, either your menu bar or the doc app, always quit that before you come back to something, because you don't want to come back and, and sit down and see a little one in a circle and go, Oh, I wonder what that is. I, you don't need that.
0: There's literally nobody who listens to this show who has badges on mail. <laughs> no, I, I have
1: hope badges on mail.
0: You do. We, yeah, we need to rethink I, our relationship, Rose. What are you doing? I'm sorry.
1: I, so I have badges on mail for some mail accounts uh, and not all mail accounts, just because there are sometimes things where especially work stuff, um, you know, if I'm getting email uh, through on there's a particular backup account if I get email on that then it usually means that it's the end of the world and we should probably deal with it soon Um, so you know I, I do have that
0: I get it I used to have a badge on for VIP emails then I realized I was just ignoring it so why have it
2: fair enough fair enough yeah I saw family members iPhone not too long ago and they had you know thousands and thousands of unread messages in their inbox I'm like you know, you can turn that badge off. And they're like, well, I notice when the number changes.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts. (laughs) So painful. Yeah. 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 Uh, What else you got for us, TJ? What else are you doing lately? What's the latest automation you've added that's just delights you?
2: Well, again, I'll go back to um, the the podcasting. Uh, So I I came up with a a series of uh, keyboard maestro shortcuts that will do things uh, again, that are repetitive, but need to be done in the right order. And I found myself again, you know, even though I've been doing this for a long time, I, every now and again, I still find myself doing something over again. I'm like, wait a minute, I should be automating this. So the, uh, the, the what I end up doing with the, the daily podcast, the daily dictionary podcast is I end up with uh, nine files. Um, because I, I each one of the readings I record as a separate file, and then I edit it, and um, but then I need to combine them again, and so I can do this by opening one file and then opening another file, select all, copy, close that window, paste it into the first one, and if I do this nine times, then I have all the readings in the right order. Well, I mean, nothing screams uh, automate me more than something like this, right? Where it's like, I need to flip the finder. I need to hit the up arrow once. I need to open this document. When Fission opens, I need to. And there's this weird thing where like, even if you just, even if you haven't changed anything um, in an audio file in Fission, it will will act like it needs to be saved. So then you have to tell it that you don't want to save anything because nothing's really changed. So I've put all of that together. And so now I can hit uh, one button on my stream deck. Uh, you know, I select the the correct file in the finder and it will just in sequence open these nine files and paste them all together. And I just watch it happen. And it's, it amuses me every time.
0: There is something to be said for an automation that takes a little time to finish. Yes. And your computer screen is just flying. I've got some like that for some of my legal processing and things I do where I, I really push a button and it's like, It'll take it three or four minutes and someone will say, well, man, that's a long time. Is that really automation? Well, for me to do that would have taken an hour, you know, so yes. it is definitely mm-hmm. automation. But just, you know, to watch the little robots inside go to work, it, it's, it can be delightful.
1: If an automation takes the same amount of time as it would take to do it yourself, even if your only achievement is that it is always consistently doing the right thing. That's an achievement, and then you can just you know go off and get a glass of water and stretch your legs or something, and come back and it's done. So you don't have to do it, and I I still consider that a win. You know whether or not you're actually saving time, as long as you're achieving the accuracy, you know whatever your goal is, then you're you're winning.
2: No, oh, absolutely, because again, it's that thing of oh, you know, did my fingers hit the right? I, I here was this really silly one the other day. I had uh, there's an app called Displays. Um, and it will show you like all the different resolutions that your monitor can do. Well, the the one I'm using now has like a hundred of these, Yeah, but you can turn them off. And what, it, what you had to do was down arrow, space bar, down arrow, space bar. So I wrote a keyboard maestro that did down arrow, space bar 10 times. And I did that and I kept repeating it until I hit the rest of the list. So now it only shows me the resolutions that I really want. Simple thing. But you know what? I kept hitting down arrow twice and then space bar. And then I had to go back up and hit one of them. It's like, no, i am just have the computer do this. Yeah.
0: And I call that, I guess, user interface scripting or UI scripting, where you're just literally using the existing interface, but using automation rather than your fingers to manipulate it. And it's just, that is some of the easiest scripting. Anybody can do it. So long as you've got a tool that supports it and Keyboard Maestro does, um, and you can find so many uses for that in the finder, in the menu bar, you know, I- anywhere in your computer. And, you know, I was just, um, doing something recently, you know, we, Rose and I have been working on this idea of scripting, uh, toggle, and I just used the toggle application and wrote a UI script for that's user interface. It works. It's not great. I mean, Rose has a better solution for it, but almost anything you do, you can, you can script this way.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can. and It's amazing what you can get away with by doing that. Now, of course, in the case of toggle, I wasn't happy with doing that. Um, I don't really feel like I even need the toggle app on my Mac. Um, So I've just gone ahead and used the API, and I've got a keyboard maestro (laughs) macro, which I'm working on sharing. I've uh, had a little bit of uh, stuff going on, aka moving house, which is kind of crazy and time-consuming surprisingly. But uh, it's possible to to do anything, you know, you can, you can cheat and do it the easy way, but if it achieves the result, who cares? I mean, you could even do this in Automator with the record button, I think, um, because Automator can record and watch you do something and then, you know, you do it and then you just tell Automator to do it 50 times, and you're done.
0: So Keyboard Maestro even has a method where you can create little temporary scripts to do that. Like I made one recently where I needed to hit two carriage returns and then a backspace to remove tabs and bullets on a weird text thing I was working on. And I had to do that for like a hundred lines and I just made a quick little temporary script. Now, TJ, when you did this with your arrow keys and your monitor, what did you do as a temp script or did you just make an actual script for it?
2: I made a regular uh, macro, but what I do when I, I'm doing these uh, again is I'll, I'll name them, you know, T-E-M-P and then describe what they do. I'll use them for what I need them to do. And then I'll just disable them in Keyboard Maestro so that if I find something later where I need to do this again, I've you know already got the macro there. I just need to re-enable it. Yeah, that
0: makes a lot of sense. Also, disabling it is great because it allows you to avoid um, shortcuts conflicts like you know your trigger conflicts if you leave a lot of these around without disabling them inevitably you hit the shortcut again on something else you're making
1: yeah you do and i have done that so many times i actually now have a macro group which is disabled where i throw things in that were temporary things and i i, I can't, i'm kind of a pack rat when it comes to these keyboard maestro macros and it feels kind of silly but the number of times i've gone oh wait but i actually had something very similar to this so i can go in and duplicate this macro i'd use that as my basis. Um, it's great.
0: So what are you doing these days? Let, let's take it a little step further. Um, um, you are also writing a lot of like just script based automation. Um, what tools are you using for that? And you know, what kind of problems are you solving with that?
2: Well, most of the the scripting that I do uh is shell scripting, uh, which is just something that I've picked up. For a long time now, uh, when I was going back to the college uh, days, I, I was fortunate that my college had a bunch of uh, NeXT computers. This was in the early 90s. And uh, I le- started learning there about uh, using shell scripting to do, again, just very little things. And so, you know, I've got things where, uh, you know, I've got, uh, I can automatically record podcasts that are live streaming uh, using uh, FFmpeg. Uh, when, uh, the, the relay stream goes live, I've got a, a button I can hit and I could do this in, in, uh, audio hijack, but by doing it this way, you know, I basically just have the script set up once. And then when it's done, it will add the artwork. Uh, it will check to see when, uh, it actually checks to see what the, uh, relay page says is the show title and it will change the file name and all these things. And then at the very end of it, it uses an app, uh, well, a, a command line program called Cloudy Uploader, which uh, sends the MP3 to uh, Overcast. If you've got an Overcast Premium subscription, uh, you can upload files directly there. So um, like Monday this week, I, I usually listen to Upgrade, but I couldn't uh, listen to it live. Uh, so I uh, recorded the stream and then because uh, I like to hear all the little things. I even like to hear you know if, if there's goofy things that get cut out of the things or uh, Jason, uh, I think, had a picture of his cat in the in the show notes because his cat was complaining about not being allowed into the room. And I like to hear all those little behind the scene things. Um, I also have um, uh, I've used for a couple of years uh, a program called Textbar that will put things in my um, menu bar. And one of the things I've been doing with that recently is I wrote a script to keep an eye on, give me a little more information about what Time Machine is doing. Uh, you know, the, the sort of like, okay, well, yes, I can see the icon that Time Machine is running, but this will put in there like what the percentage is of uh, completion, how many gigabytes is uh, it needs to update and how many it hasn't.
0: Textbar is a automation friendly app that you can you can really kind of customize data in your in your menu bar. I, I it's it's a great app. The new hotness though is Bitbar. Are, are you familiar with this one?
2: <laughs> well yeah, what what's really funny is that Bitbar is I think actually predated Textbar and then I remember looking at Bitbar and going, oh, well, this looks cool, but it hasn't been updated for a while. Sure. And then apparently some point uh since then it has uh, it has gotten updated. And yeah, I've I've been using uh Bitbar as well. Uh and again, the they're the tool, two very excellent tools. Bitbar has a lot a big library. And I, I think that may be easier for folks to um, you know, find something that somebody else has already written. Um Again, just because I'm more familiar with one than the other, but I'll tell you one that I did uh, in BitBar the other day because I was, again, trying to play with it was when I run Zoom meetings, uh, I don't know if either of you have had this Zoom experience, but Zoom can just all of a sudden decide it means all of your CPU. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I wrote a little script that will check to see how much of my um, CPU it's using. And it just puts that in the menu bar. And the nice thing about it is, is if Zoom isn't meeting, the the script doesn't output anything. And I get that little space back in my menu bar. Uh, did you contribute that to your
0: GitHub repository Lib- uh, or is that just something on your computer?
2: I I have not yet, but I do have a, on my, uh, on my GitHub, I just started a BitBars uh, repo. So I will, I will put that up there as well.
0: And we'll get a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. BitBar is something I think automators listeners should check out um, because as TJ was, was mentioning, you know, it's just a basically a framework when you install it, but then there's a bunch of pre-written automation on it and, you know, using the Apple script model, you can take something somebody else has written and, and start modifying it to kind of suit yourself. And uh, you can also write a lot on your own. Jason Snell actually has been very active with this app lately. It seems like every time I go over to Six Colors, I see something new he's done with BitBar.
1: That's where I first heard about it, I think, actually, because I, it's one of those things that I keep looking at and I've not yet played with. But I probably ought to because there are so many things where I think it would be really handy to have this information displayed in my menu bar. Only of course, you know, it's not there and I've got other things in there and I'm having to use Bartender to attempt to wrangle to get something vaguely resembling space, even though I've got a 34 inch ultra wide monitor here. So uh, I definitely need to have a play with this. So I would be very interested in seeing your repo when you've got a bit more in there, TJ.
2: Yeah, I've also got another one, you know, that uh, I've got a a magic uh, trackpad and a magic keyboard. And the wonderful thing about them is they hardly ever need to be uh, plugged in and recharged. But it always seems to catch me completely unaware. And so I wrote uh, another one uh, that will you know, put up my, uh, if the battery level is under 20%, it will put it in the menu bar. But usually it's not under 20%, so nothing's in the menu bar. So it's not like I have to look at something all the time. It's just there when I need to do something about it. I am absolutely downloading that one. TJ. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I need that because my trackpad, I mean, I have just moved to be fair, but my trackpad is completely dead and uh, I've been struggling to find a charging cable for it. So <laughs> even though I, I should probably just go plug it in during the day when my phone is not in charge, so I should do that tomorrow. But yeah, I, I'm going to need that please.
2: <laughs> I am writing myself another note.
0: <laughs> I was spoiled by the, because uh, for years I used just the Apple keyboard and trackpad and mouse. And uh, the, and then I went to the Logitech mouse which also runs forever on a charge. But then I went to the Logitech craft keyboard and that that sucker needs to get charged like once a week. You know, there's a, it's got a backlight, it's got three Bluetooth radios and uh, there's a whole lot of reasons I like using it. One thing I don't like about it is I have to charge it every week. Um, But the trackpad is the only Apple device left and you're exactly right. It seems like it waits till the last minute and says, Oh, by the way, I'm about to die.
2: Well, well, at least the trackpad, uh, you know, you can use while it's charging, unlike that yeah. mouse. Yeah, but that yeah the mouse that
1: just has to sort of lie on its back, like, like an upside-down like torso.
2: That, like that still looks like a joke. I cannot believe that really shipped. I mean, if somebody had put that on a on a rumor site, you would have been like, come on, no one will ever do that.
0: Uh, the joke is that's the stuff we would make fun of Microsoft for. And, right, you yeah. Know.
2: Yes. What does Marco call it, I think, like harpooning a turtle or something like <laughs> that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep yep yeah. whereas the logitech mouse which i'm using right now it charges via USB-C, and just like the trackpad and even the keyboard you can actually use it while it's charging because they put the charger on the front so well, revolutionary where else idea would
2: you put it? i mean it's, yeah.
1: just... it's a revolutionary idea maybe maybe apple should talk to logitech at some point this episode of automators is brought to you by expressvpn in the real world if you're looking for privacy you close the door But online, we leave doors open everywhere we go. Using the internet without using ExpressVPN is like never closing the doors behind you. Your internet service provider, like Comcast or Verizon, knows every single website you visit. And if they want to, they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I've been using ExpressVPN for over a year now, And it doesn't just give me peace of mind, it lets me make sure that I'm in the right country to access things like internet banking, because apparently it's a security issue if I'm in the wrong country. You should use ExpressVPN if you're worried about being tracked using public unsecured Wi-Fi, or indeed, if you just want to make sure that you're safe when you're browsing. ExpressVPN works on everything, phones, laptops, even routers so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected, even if they don't have ExpressVPN themselves. And the best part is, using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing a door. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the world's number one VPN client, rated by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. If, like me, your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com automators today. Go to expressvpn.com slash automators and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash automators. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of FM. So TJ, we've, I first reached out about getting you on the show because I was playing with a macro that you've posted for, a series of macros actually, that you posted with a uh, you know, calendar integration and Stream Deck integration and awesome nerdery, I think is the correct phrase, (laughs) which shows your calendar events on your Stream Deck so that you can actually see, you know, like what's happening and what's going to happen next and how's your day going. And I love this. How did you come up with this? Where did you get started?
2: Oh Well, again, uh, COVID, um, you know, there have been so many meetings and I'm on so many Zoom meetings and things like that. And uh, not only is it hard to keep track of what day it is, it was sort of like, am I done? You know, am I done for the day was really the thing that I wanted to be able to see. And, um, you know, I had no idea what a Stream Deck was until I saw in the release notes for Keyboard Maestro, now support Stream Deck. And I'm like, oh, what's a Stream Deck? And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, okay, it's a thing for streamers. I don't need that. And then I looked like, oh, what can Keyboard Maestro do with it? Oh, it can output any text from any macro onto a button. And the next thing I knew, I had ordered a 32 button or however many buttons this thing is. (laughs) Um, And one of the things I wanted to do was, you know, um, reminders are great and everything, but I just want to be able to glance down and see something. And so right now I glance down. And it tells me I have two meetings left. The next one's at 5.30, and that's three hours and 13 minutes away. Now, it doesn't tell me what the meeting is, but now that I've got that prompt, I can think, oh, right, I know what that is. And then when I after my last meeting of the day, it just shows the little uh, smiley, um, what is it? Uh, pal instead of Fantastical, uh, which I love. Uh, it just shows that little smiley icon.
0: I've told those guys so many times, that should just be your icon. What are you doing? That's so cute.
2: Yeah, and they actually, I posted this on Twitter and they actually sent me like a nice high res, you know, with a transparent background that I could use for it. Um, and it, it was really, the, the the hardest part was figuring out how to get my, you know, how do you automate your calendar in this way? Well, there's this old, old, I mean, I think like 2006 was the original version of this uh, command line tool called iCal Buddy. And of course, it's not even called iCal anymore, right? But it still yeah. works. And um, it wasn't working with uh, Keyboard Maestro. It wouldn't work with TextBar, and it wouldn't work with um, LaunchD, uh, Launch And I just could not figure it out. Could not figure it out. And I, I asked each of the developers, and the developer from um, the developer who makes Launch Control, uh, I think his name is Robbie. Oh gosh, he's such a great guy. He actually looked into the source code, found a bug. Patched the bug and sent me an updated version of this command that I could use with launch, and then it would work with keyboard maestro as well. And all it does is it outputs a list of your calendar items. And so, a little bit of scripting later, I had it count. You know, it's just doing basic things like it's counting lines and it's again using military time, twenty-four hour time, to uh, compare the current time to um, when the meeting is. But the really cool part is, I think this is the part that, that kind of sets it apart for me, is when you get 30 minutes before a meeting, the button can change color. And usually all my icons are, you know, have a black background, but then it has, I think it starts out blue, and then it goes to yellow about 15 minutes before the meeting, and then about five minutes before the meeting, it goes red. And that to me, I mean, I'm just always going to see that. I don't know where you all keep your stream deck, but for me, it's right above my keyboard, like it's an extra function row. (laughs) So I'm always going to see something that's changing color in that line of sight. And that was really the first time I had really totally geeked out on Stream Deck and Keyboard Maestro. And it's probably still the most complicated thing I've done with it, but I use it every single day and uh, absolutely love, uh, you know, just having that there. And I just know that that's my meeting spot. So when I glance down, I can always know.
0: I just remember reading that you were buying a stream deck thinking this is going to be so good for us because TJ <laughs> is going to automate the heck out of this thing. So can you walk us through the steps though? It's and I've described what it does, but for people who want to try and build this and we've got links in the show notes, so you can download a bunch of these pieces, but kind of give us a little bit more nitty gritty here. We're the automators. We can go crazy.
2: Sure. Sure. Well, I, I mean, again, keyboard maestro is just such a smart tool. So you can make a a macro that can take input. So when you call a, a keyboard maestro macro from a script, you can give it like an argument. So the argument could be blue, green, you know, red or whatever, and then you can use those in the macro. And so what my script does is it just calls this macro and gives it a color. And then the, the macro itself can set the background color. So I didn't have to write like a bunch of different things. I wrote one thing with a several different if, if else statements, and then in, in keyboard maestro, it's very simple to go in and see what it can do. I think there are like three or four actions. It can set the, um, uh, it can set the color, uh, or it can add an image, basically a background image. And, um, I've just got some solid color images that I drag from Finder onto there. It can set the text of the button uh, and it can even flash a little alert symbol, which is a little like triangle and an exclamation point thing. And I just drag those in. So, you know, when, uh, again, I was just mentioning about the uh, trackpad and keyboard batteries, I've got battery uh, levels on those. And when they hit a certain level, the, the script just calls a different macro. But if you wanted to do this, for example, you could use an um, a statement that, for example, maybe you want to write one for, like, how much time is left in my workday. And so you have a keyboard maestro macro that runs every minute or so and, you know, checks the time versus the time that you're supposed to leave work or be done with work if you're working from home and have it set to, you know, uh, have it set a button to a different color and say, you know, one hour left or yeah. 30 minutes left. It doesn't have to be like 17 and a half minutes left. Yeah. You know, what was that? Is it fuzzy clock? Wasn't that it used to be a thing where it'd be like, yeah. it would tell you about what time it was. Yeah. I think those kind of hints, you know, can be uh, just a nice little visual reminder of, Hey, the you know, time is passing. The day is passing. Uh, and, and things like that, um, where, you know, you can control these things and it really is, I I don't know how good of a job I've done at describing it, but with an, with an, if else, uh, in keyboard maestro, which is just something you drag over and then you just, you know, type in or click on the new action and just type in stream deck and just see what it does. You you can't hurt anything. It's not, you're not going to break it.
0: Yeah, well, it's really impressive. And just, it it was very creative, I thought, just to even come up with the idea. It never would have occurred to me to turn uh, Stream Deck buttons into a status panel for your calendar. I mean, what a great idea.
2: Well, I'm really glad that other people have used it. I mean, that that to me is the biggest thing. And one of the reasons I like sharing it is like, if I spend, well, let's say two hours, I probably spent more than two hours on it, but let's say I spent two hours on it and I use it, well, that's one thing, but if I can get 10 other people to use it, then that, you know, two hours has benefited, you know, so many more people.
1: Exactly. Yes. And it's one of these things, I saw it and I downloaded it and went, Oh, and it immediately gave me ideas for other things that I could use. So somebody in the Mac Power users uses forum a while ago posted a macro for getting your zoom microphone status. Um, i putting that in, in a keyboard maestro, uh, or in a stream deck button and so i've done a little bit of modifications there and i've now got it so if it's running then the macro runs every 30 seconds but when the macro when zoom quits or launches then it runs a macro too and it also sets it to the zoom icon if the zoom isn't running because you know then i could just launch zoom from a button and you you gave me an, an, the idea of how to enhance that a little bit to modify it and it, it's great to be able to you know get started with something because this way that you broke it down for me at least made a lot of sense. And it's all documented on GitHub, which we've got the link to in the show notes.
2: Well that that's awesome. Because again, I mean sort of like the, you know, the 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 few people who write Apple scripts, I realize that not a lot of people may be able to write the shell scripts, but I've always been somebody who's (laughs) I learned very early that if I did not comment on things, I would come back and have no idea what it did or why I did something a certain way. And so I've I sort of see comments as a teaching tool of, you know, not not only for other people but for me and you know the proverbial me in six months who comes back to this and goes, why did I do that this way? And you know there may be a very good reason for it that if, you know I try to go, oh, I've got a much better idea now, and it turns out I had tried that and it didn't work. So yeah, I mean I think that the comments on it and seeing other people's examples, um, I think examples are in and all these sorts of things are are crucial because again somebody's going to have a better idea or at least a different idea that you might not have had
1: that that's the thing you know once you've got somewhere to get started with this stuff then it's so easy to go in and have fun and get nerdy with it um or even if you decide that you don't want to have fun and get nerdy with it you just want to leave it as is. you know that's fine you know there's there's plenty of choices
0: well i i think it's brilliant i love the way you documented it so anybody that's listening to the automators that owns a stream deck Go check this out. Even if you're not a shell scripter, TJ's done the hard lifting for you. This is, this is so fun to set this up. And I uh, I agree with Rose. This is uh, TJ at his best right here doing <laughs> stuff like this. But you know what? You also on your site have pictures of your Stream Deck buttons. And we need to talk, brother. There's some stuff in here that uh, I don't know what it is, but I want, I want to know.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, so what else have you done with your stream deck? Oh, for instance, you've got one that looks like the outline of a processor with the number 3% in it. What's that?
2: I think, is that the one that th- there is a, uh, just in the, if you go to your stream deck and you click on the more actions,
0: uh, there is one in there that in. will have a yeah. CPU. Yes. So you use that one. I, yeah, I've never, I've never, uh, enabled that one, but I've downloaded several of those, um, those more action things in fact the keyboard maestro action is a quote unquote more action that you need to install on your uh your stream deck uh the, i find the timer ones are very useful those were built in like i have a five minute timer and it rings a bell on my mac I, you know it just starts counting down from five i have another one for 45 minutes which is kind of my pomodoro button and the uh the, you know there's a there's a couple in here that you don't need to do any programming yourself people have already written it for you
2: we should also mention uh, KM Link, uh, which is an alternate uh, way to use Keyboard Maestro. Uh, now, what Keyboard Maestro has built into it is sort of super powerful, but it's also very specific. You have to tell it exactly which button you're using this for. What KM Link will do is basically just link a Keyboard ma- Maestro macro to a button. And then you can just drag that button around. Now, it can't be one of these interactive ones that's sort of send, sending information back and forth. But it can be one that will just, like, trigger a macro. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, a very – I use both. I mean, there's no reason not to, to have both of them. And, again, just to, to give, you know, some idea on this, uh, again, I mentioned the, um, the, the podcast. You know, I've got a, a, a profile that has um, just for when I'm podcasting. It's got a, a button that I can use to toggle my uh, microphone mute. It's got a thing that will uh, open, uh, it will open the script for the current day, move it to the right hand of the screen and make it like 80% and then it moves Audio Hijack to the bottom 20%. So again, that was one of these things I had to do every single day. And again, those are just uh, KM link macros because they don't have to uh communicate back and forth.
0: Yeah, sure, it's a trigger.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that and that's just another example of window management through keyboard maestro.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep. The uh
0: they have there's also an analog clock you can download, which I think is kind of clever having a little analog clock right on your stream deck and that's a no-brainer for me putting that one in. There's a um there's a random number generator like a i think they 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 sell it as a six-sided dice i configured it as a two-sided dice so it was like a coin flip <laughs> and i've had that on there for two months and i've not used it once so that's gonna go away I, I don't know i was just thinking it'd be fun to be on the phone with a client and say should we shouldn't we and just flip a coin you know <laughs> but i uh, i don't think that's actually gonna happen
2: no, no, uh, no. I do have the. Uh, I do have a clock, um, and it is. I'm actually using a different one um, that's called Bar Raider, uh, B A R Raider, like Raiders Lost Ark. Yeah, and that will give you a, a world time as well, so you can put different times in different cities if you want. And uh, as somebody who podcasts with uh, at least one person who lives in a different time zone uh actually at least two i can think of i know Stephen and uh rose are both out, out, yeah. out of your time zone yeah uh you could use that there
0: well, where, where did you get Bar Raider? i've not heard of that one before is that on the list from uh stream deck or is that outside
2: i think i may have i may have googled that but it, it com is the got it okay. link is in the show notes awesome
0: cool yeah i have um been looking at i've been corresponding because there's a toggle one too that that stream deck has on their more actions list but it the the guy who put it together did not address um tags and like for certain of my toggle timers i tag them as moving the needle they're like things that are important to me and i Mm -hmm. need uh if i'm going to automate a um a toggle timer it needs to have a tag ability but there's activity right now going on where um, people are dipping into that code and adding tags. So I'm hoping that'll be there soon.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tags I find are quite important for me and I've been experimenting um, with uh, using keyboard Maestro and the toggle API to, to start things. And just like I do with shortcuts on iOS, when I open an application um, it would start a timer. I'm doing exactly the same thing on the Mac with keyboard maestro you know, whenever I activate Zoom, um, then, you know, check my calendar to see what kind of event this is and go ahead and, you know, log that data for me, which is great.
0: Yeah. And that that type of automation that Rose is working on with Toggle to me is like an unopened Christmas present. It's just sitting there. I know she's working on it. I'm going to let her finish it. <laughs> and then one day I'm just going to open it up and use it. And that's just going to be it, you know, so stay tuned. Automator's listeners. I don't think that is that far away. Once we get Rose moved in.
2: Yeah, exactly. Do do you all use uh, multiple profiles on your stream deck or do you just basically have one? I've been using the one profile,
0: but I do use folders on the stream deck where I've got things that I can dip into. Um, Because I have so many buttons, I'm not sure I need multiple profiles. But explain how that works for people who especially have the smaller units.
2: Right. Well, I I think that that may have been what it started for, and I I was the same way. I was just sort of like, oh, well, one screen's all I need, but there is an an option. One of the built-in features of the Stream Deck is uh, to sort of switch profiles, and you can do that either through the app on your Mac or on a button. And so at the bottom right button on mine uh, is a button called Switch Profiles. And, you know, once I got out of that idea of just having one, I, I kind of but I think I've got like five or six now I've got one that just does lighting. Um, it's called hue light up my life.
0: Oh, that's sweet. That's Pause sweet. for laugh. There you um,
2: go. <laughs> so you've got all Hue
0: <laughs> lights in your room and it, because there is a hue button that you can install and control your individual light units.
2: Yes. And I've got one of the, uh, actually it's not in a hue, but I, I put it there anyways. So I've got a, one of those, um, Elgato, uh, key lights, Sure. And I've got its controls in there. And then I've got, I've got one, a profile that's just for zoom uh, because I, again, I run a lot of zoom meetings and rather than have to find the menu button uh, you know, the, the item in, in the menus, I've got one that will mute everybody or unmute people or start my video. Or um, I think my favorite one there is uh, when I start a screen share, it will turn off my mic and my camera. And then pull up the screen sharing interface for Zoom because usually when I'm doing that, it, it's because it's uh, a video or something that I'm showing and I don't want um, my audio to overlap with that. And then when I'm done, I hit the stop share button and it turns my video back on, my audio back on, and it stops the sharing. All right. So
0: so let me just interrupt there a minute. So that's great. Sure. But how how are you doing that in terms of automating the zoom and is that interface automation or what are you doing to for instance mute everybody is there a command for that or
2: yeah, it, it's a keyboard maestro uh that that hits the that brings the zoom application to the forefront yeah and then it, it hits the appropriate menu item in the uh I, there may even be a keyboard shortcut for it but i use the menu
0: yeah Because with Keyboard Maestro, you can script anything in the menu bar, and you're just menu bar automation, and then attaching that to a button. And I would presume you're probably using the Keyboard Maestro interface to the uh, Stream Deck or using that other app you mentioned a minute ago where you can move it around. That
2: might make more sense. No, I'm using KmLink for all of these because, again, I don't need them to be, um, you know, it doesn't matter what what button they're at, and I want to be able to just move them around. darn you tj now i gotta redo my whole stream deck that makes
0: total sense (laughs) to me
2: like
0: like open my email application i could have email buttons to move emails to all the various folders Uh, folders we gotta stop recording now guys i gotta go reprogram (laughs) my stream deck
1: Well, the good news (laughs) is is I was playing with this a while ago and uh, I I love it because I have it activate a different profile when I'm opening OmniFocus, for example, and then I have buttons for different perspectives because I only have a limited number of perspectives in my OmniFocus sidebar. And then I just have different ones appear. And especially with moving, I've had multiple perspectives related to moving, um, which is, it sounds very nerdy um, and perhaps slightly over the top, but it's really helped me, you know, stay on top of things. And, you know, I've, I've been very happy with the fact that I've only got the medium-sized stream deck, so I've got uh, fifteen buttons on mine, which is not as many. But with the ability to switch profiles and automatically switch profiles, I, I'm pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking ScreenFlow needs its own deck, and you know why not Safari? Yeah. You know, all right. So Rose, I'm so glad you guys figured this out for me. This is going to be great. <laughs> Rose uh, took it a step further; she's automating switching the profile based on the app she's in. Um, so can you address the Stream Deck to change to a specific profile via scripting or what do you I want to
1: say? I, I did this inside the Stream Deck application. So it inside is. the Stream Deck preferences, there's profiles and then you create your different profiles. And then if you click on it, then you can assign it to an application. So I've got an OmniFocus profile assigned to OmniFocus. So
0: as soon as OmniFocus is active, the whole Stream Deck lights up for OmniFocus.
1: Yeah, it switches over.
0: Okay, I'm in. I'm in.
2: Well, I've got another little power tip for you. If, uh, if you've got a bunch of these and, and they aren't necessarily tied to, uh, one application, what I've done is I've made, uh, cause like I said, I've gone a little crazy with these. Um, I have now have a profile, um, that is just a bunch of, uh, buttons that go to profiles,
0: yeah, a profile button. Yeah. I knew, I knew that was where you're going. I didn't interrupt you. I'm like, this guy's made a profile for profiles.
2: Yeah. So the bottom right button uh, on my stream deck is it's called switch. And then when I hit it, it shows me what my different profiles are and I can jump right to one. And I just use that bottom right button on every single profile. We'll bring that up.
0: Now, why would you do that as a separate profile versus just a folder full of profile buttons?
2: I, I could have done that, too. But this I just because I could I could go to this profile from from anywhere. I just from any of my uh um, but I, yeah, folder, I cut it on folder as well.
0: Okay. So make sure I wasn't missing anything. You also have a volume, uh, button on your basic stream deck profile. So with the number 19 under it, was that, are you able to set your, you're just setting your input volume or your output volume? What are you doing?
2: That's just a, a quick, uh, it will, it will mute if I hit that button. And if it is muted, it will show me that icon will turn red Yeah, uh, to show me that uh, my output is muted. Um, because it's embarrassing when you try to figure out why your computer isn't playing any sound, and then you figure out that it's just because it's muted. Mm-hmm. Um, what that allowed me to do was I could take it off my menu bar. This is not only easier to see, uh, but, um, you know, I can just toggle it right there rather than having to mouse up to the menu bar. Um, and I've got a keyboard. At least one of the keyboards that I use um, doesn't have the Mac um little logos on the, on the keys, on the function keys as to which, you know, what does which. Yeah. Uh, and now that I've got the, uh, my MacBook pro, which has the touch bar. Um, again, I, I don't necessarily have immediate access to that. I just like having a button. No, I, I, I
0: do the same thing for the same reason. Cause like the phone will ring and I've got music playing and I feel like a fire drill just went off and, you know, having a place where, you know, you can press a button and have that taken care of is going to solve it for you.
1: See, I just tap the top of my HomePod, and it pauses the music, and I've been using the HomePod Play Everywhere, so you can just say, you know, magic words, uh, play music everywhere, and it will play on all of the AirPlay 2-enabled speakers in your home, which includes the Sonos 1 in my bedroom, which I'm very excited about. Um, But if I just tap one, I've got one here on my desk, um, and if I just tap it, then it pauses, Uh, so I I don't necessarily need a button for that, but... uh, it's pretty cool.
0: I was texting Rose just a few days ago. So she's living alone now. She just got her own place. Congratulations to Rosemary. You are a homeowner and <laughs> you're alone. And I said, you are going to go automation crazy. Like I have my family holding me back on automation. Maybe, <laughs> maybe for the good, right? You know I mean? It's, if I lived alone- I, know I would exactly. first, I would be very yeah. sad because I love my family very much. But I also, my automation routine would be completely insane. Anyone who visited my house would just think I would gone off the deep end. So, one of my goals for Rose is not just to hold her in the, the realm of sanity with automation. But I don't know, Rose, it's going to be hard.
1: Well, I have to remember in my case that uh, I am going to have guests, you know, at some point, you know, presumably after the end of a global pandemic. But I, I plan to have guests at some point. So I need to make it so that people can, you know, do things like turn on a light without <laughs> having to, you know, talk to an assistant that they doesn't don't know exists because it's kind of hidden. Or, you know, get out their phone and ask to join, you know, the network and, and get on things. So I do have a QR code that you can scan to get onto the Wi-Fi, um, which, you know, is a start. Um, so I've got uh, some switch plate covers arriving that Hue remotes just sort of magnetize into so that then um, the the real switches are behind it and then these Hue switches will uh, or Hue controllers go over the top. Nice. Uh, But it won't go too crazy. And now on my stream deck, uh, because TJ reminded me and I hadn't set it up just yet, I have a button that controls the lights in my office so I can press it and turn off the lights and press it and turn on the lights in my office because I've got Philips Hue lights in here now.
0: Yeah, the Philips Hue control with the Stream Deck is like ridiculously easy. You download the button, yeah. you tell it what you want, and it even changes the state, the color of the button based on the state. Yeah. So exactly, uh, that's almost not automation, but it's if you've got a Stream Deck, it's a great bonus feature.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Use Mint Mobile to cut your wireless bill to $15 a month. Mint Mobile can cut your wireless bill to $15 a month with their futuristic approach to wireless. I've got a Mint Mobile card and I've loaded it into an Android phone. That's right. I wanted to see how the other side lived. But using the Mint Mobile card makes this a very affordable experience for me. It's super easy to activate, just pop it in and push the button. And the network coverage is great where I live, which is kind of near the hills and doesn't have a reputation for a particularly good place to have cellular coverage. So I've been really impressed with the coverage I've got with Mint Mobile. The difference in cost is ridiculous. Mint Mobile is just $15 a month. I'm paying over $100 a month for my existing cellular carrier. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, there's ample opportunity to take advantage of paying customers like you. This is where Mint Mobile comes in. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly to you making it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text, and you can stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Just choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan, and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Just ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash automators. I've been super impressed with Mint Mobile on my Android phone, and now I'm using it all the time. That's mintmobile.com slash automators. Go there now, cut your wireless bill to fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash automators. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM.
1: So TJ, while I was digging around in this fabulous calendar uh, macro that you've got for Stream Deck, I noticed that there was a link. That said Relay FM and linked to the Mac Power users forum <laughs> and then I clicked on it and there's a 32 button stream deck with just all of the Relay FM podcast logos on it what happened here <laughs> what's going on
2: yeah this was one of these you know what david was just saying about going automation crazy it was one of the, it wasn't too long after i got my stream deck and i was just like playing around with it i'm like what can i do with it and um i i do have you know again i've i've got some automation built around relay i listen to I think I listen to almost all the relay shows. And so all of a sudden I was like, huh, I think there are just about as many relay shows as I've got buttons on here. What if I made a button for each one of the shows? And then I added one for like the live stream um, and another one for the calendar of when the live streams are and, and things like that. And so next thing I knew I had an entire profile of, Uh, of relay shows and things like that. And, uh, you know, I have updated, I think I need to update it again, but uh, I I did tell, I emailed Mike and Steven and said uh, at some point that they weren't allowed to add any more shows. Uh, Because I was running out of buttons, so
0: so so what are uh, the buttons doing? Uh, Are they just going to the website, or are they downloading?
2: Most of them just go, absolutely, just go to the website. Uh, I did have one; I'm not even sure it was on that profile that would um, launch audio hijack and uh, hijack the live stream if I wanted to. Uh, But I think, yeah, I think all these were just website links, and it was it was just uh, absolutely a, a. an exercise in ridiculousness, but, uh, it was fun to do and, uh, and to see all the, and I, you know, I took all the artwork for the different shows and made those, the, you know, for the, the buttons and everything. And, uh, it is, it, it just makes me smile when I look at it. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I have buttons with my, my show artwork on them. And when I press them, it sets the whole thing up for recording. You know, and, Uh, and, you know, so it puts the windows where I want them. It opens the apps I use to do the recording and I have an alternate button press that gets me to the advertising page. So if I need to record ads or whatever, so I've got like buttons for that, but I've never thought about buttons, doing buttons for everybody else's shows. I think I need to, you know, I need to get in there and do that. Why not?
1: See, I have... Folders which have the the icons on them, so that then I can I can jump in and I can say I'm recording or I'm doing prep or I just want to check the sponsors or whatever, and then you know means that you know if I'm recording and I want to check the sponsors, I open the folder and then I press sponsors. But that's that's reasonable for me.
2: I was just thinking too. We were talking about Bitbar uh, a little earlier. I've got a a Bitbar script that will uh, tell me if Relay is broadcasting live, uh, and it will also show me the most recent show that was uh, posted to the site. And it even pulls out the little blurb paragraph. So uh, sometimes if I do find a show that I'm not, you know, uh, that I don't listen to, I'll, I'll find an episode that looks interesting up there. And um, so, yeah, I, but you know, I think we really, Steven now has a stream deck. I was very proud uh, that, that uh, David talked him into getting a uh, mm-hmm. one, but I think Mike needs one. And then he can uh, Mike has
1: a, one. I saw oh, it on Instagram he? the other day.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I wonder if that's new. I haven't heard. Him talk yeah, about I any. think it was because they're getting ready to do the
0: podcast a thon and, the way I sold Steven on the stream deck was look, if you're going to be doing a live video thing with multiple cameras, uh, the stream deck, that's what it was. It's called stream deck. You know, that's what it was made for. Absolutely. Right out of the box. It supports a lot of the tools he's using. So he got it, but you know, like a nerd, he's got into it now and he's doing a bunch of other stuff with it too, controlling his lights. I'm going to send him a link to this show. I'm sure Steven will pick up a couple tips from this. Uh, It's really crazy. And, And if he's got one, I'm sure Mike's going to get one. Uh, do you miss it? Like, I know that you've got your laptop connected to your big monitor, but presumably sometimes you're not connected to your monitor. You've got so much of your workflow going through the stream deck. I would imagine that could become a little crippling to you.
2: Yeah, you know, it is. I, I um, You know, before March 15th, I didn't even have like a home office set up at all. And now six months later, I'm thinking, Boy, it's going to be tough for me to go back to my regular office because now I've got a standing desk and I've got my microphone set up and I've got my stream deck and I've got all this stuff. Like it's a really nice setup. So I do uh, find that I miss it. I think the saving grace is that a lot of my uh, keyboard maestro, a lot of my buttons do connect to keyboard maestro things. So I yeah. can obviously do that another way. But I, again, I just, you know, it's, it's something, it's some kind of a combination for me of, an extension of the menu bar for things that I can just glance at and get information and an extension of the doc where like I can launch applications or I can launch shortcuts or things like that. And, uh, so yeah, I definitely do. You know, m- miss it when it's not there. And for a while, I was uh, bringing it back and forth uh, between my my church off the Stream Deck back and forth. And that that was it. Does not fit in a laptop bag very well. Uh, yeah, you know <laughs> so. what? Just
0: get a second one for as much as you are doing with it. I, <laughs> I was going to say it,
1: I, I'm seeing two choices here: either get Uh-oh. a second Stream Deck or use something like Better Touch Tool to program the touch bar so that it's useful to you.
0: I have been considering getting a second one because I have two machines I record at and it's really frustrating for me <laughs> to be here without it. But also at the same time, like, like TJ, I've scripted a lot of stuff to keyboard shortcuts on keyboard maestro. Cause so much of this stuff for me starts in keyboard maestro. But you know, I, I did that webinar last month on the idea of contextual computing. And I think this is something that really speaks to automators because And, you know, the the big picture problem is when we go to use a computer, there is a, you know, there's there's three steps. There's the intent, which is your brain says, I want to do X. Then you have to go to the app. And then from within the app, there's the action, you know, so what you really want to go straight from intent to action, because that app step in the middle becomes a problem quite often like i want to go do something that involves the internet and you open safari and suddenly you're looking at you know dogs surfing and you're like oh (laughs) "Oh, wait a second i the the intent never made it to the action or the same thing email i want to go deal with customer support email and you go and you get in the inbox and you're looking at nigerian princes or whatever but the um I think that, you know, using automation, it's very easy to cut that middle step out where you go to the app, but you go to the app at the exact website you want or the exact mailbox you want or whatever the exact thing you want is. And, you know, tying that to keyboard shortcuts uh, really helps that. I think the Stream Deck can serve the exact same purpose, like the idea Rose has of saying, when I open OmniFocus, put all of the main buttons I want right here on my stream deck, and then I don't have to think about it. And um, uh, this is all automation that everybody listening to the show can do. It's not hard, you know, it's not writing your own shell script, but it can make such a difference in your day-to-day life.
1: I would say you don't even need to write a shell script. Just download everything from TJ's GitHub. It's all there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, you know, I, I love my keyboard shortcuts, but, you know, there are some commands that I don't use often enough in things like Fission. And so I just made a button for it. And it's like, okay, you know, now I don't have to remember that F6 in Fission is, you know, clear all splits. Now I've got a button that's called clear all splits. And if I use it once a week, you know, I've still got it there and I, it saves me the, the mental you know, overhead of, you know, you remembering, you know, what menu it's under or any of these sorts of things. And yeah, that's stuff that absolutely everybody can do because it's just a matter of, you know, you go and you find it one time and you map it out. And then the next time it's just push a button.
0: Well, because I have to now go spend an hour fiddling with profiles because of YouTube, <laughs> answer a question for me. Uh, if I have a app-specific profile, let's say I have an OmniFocus profile, but then while I'm in OmniFocus, I want to do something else. Can you switch profiles even though it's, you know, yeah. automatically switching? So, so it's just, it, it triggers that profile when you trigger the app, but it doesn't lock it there.
2: No, no, and no, not only that, when you, when you switch away from, um, that profile, uh, I think it will go back to your default profile. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah in you're, my you're not experience, in that's enough. what happens. Yeah. Plus you're going to have your little button that lit, or folder that lets you jump right to your other profiles.
0: Well, that that's all good stuff, guys. There, there's so much, there there is really, I mean, so many tools out there for people that don't necessarily write shell scripts that can massively automate their lives and their their computer usage.
2: And I think that's you know really, I, if if I if if you gave me one automation tool, it would absolutely be Keyboard Maestro. the The difficulty is it's overwhelming at first, but it can do. It can do things like uh, Text Expander can do. It can do things like Hazel can do with like moving things. And, and it can just, but I think the thing that's best about it is that once you figure it out, it really can do all of the things that you're used to using your keyboard or mouse for, for doing. And my two favorite forms, and I'll say this, you know, I, I think the, the Mac Power users. And the automators, I think of those as one. But also the Keyboard Maestro Forum is just a great forum. The developers there, there's a bunch of helpful folks on there. Um, And so that's a great place to go, you know, when you're starting out to go get help. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I've got so many things from there. And also just going there to see how other people do things so that you've got that basic idea of, you know, what you need to get started is great. Definitely recommend checking that forum out.
0: So now that you've wrecked my afternoon, I have one for you. Oh, um, we recently had a guest on Mac power users who the guy who scored like frozen and Mulan. Oh, yeah, And uh, he uses an app called metagrid with an iPad and metagrid will trigger keyboard maestro scripts. And it's a button panel for your iPad that you could stick underneath your Mac.
2: I think I've seen, I think somebody was talking about this on one, again, one of those, those forums. They're talking
0: about, in the, they're talking about in the forum, it's 30 bucks. It's expensive, but it literally lets you script. And I can't use it because it it's breaking in iOS 14 right now. And I'm on beta cause I'm recording screencasts for the paperless field guide. And so I'm very disappointed. I can't use this app, but, um, it's like yes. adding another whole pile of buttons to your, to your computer. So I'm just going to drop that in your ear and I'm going to check back with you in a couple of weeks.
2: You you've, you probably don't know how mu- how effective that was because when you were talking about, you know, bringing your Stream Deck with you, I picked up a Mac, uh, no, an iPad mini a couple months ago on Woot. And the ma- mistake I made is that it's only a 16 gigabyte, which is so not enough space. I don't know what I was thinking.
0: So, so it'll hold the operating system. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I think there's I think there's like nine <laughs> gigs left when you're actually using it. But I could I could make that a portable stream deck with this application. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you may just have, uh, you may have cost me at least some, t- no, no, you're definitely going to cost me some money too, aren't you? Because you said it was $30. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But there, there are people that swear by this app. I have not, um, I can't attest to it yet because they haven't updated it for iOS 14. And I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on where I've got to be in these betas, but, but man, just looking at the screenshots, I'm thinking this combined with a stream deck, you, uh, you could have a lot of fun. It, it could feel like the Starship Enterprise pretty soon sitting at your computer.
2: My, yeah. My, my mini is not running the beta my, my 12.9 iPad pro is, and my phone is, but the mini is not. So see it was it was meant to be,
1: apparently. The other thing that <laughs> I've tried with my mini because I also have an iPad Mini, which I love setting up next to my Mac because it is great for things like that. I've been playing with MFC Deck, which is a a, a great app by Adam tau who has been or Adam Toad, sorry, who's been on the show before. He's created launch cuts and um a few other really awesome tools. Um but the other thing I've played with is cells um. Accessibility keyboard hack where you can create a custom oh, accessibility right. keyboard and put it on your iPad either through Luna Display or through Sidecar. And then you can just tap on the buttons. Um, and I've got a Logitech crayon, so I can tap on them um, if I'm using Sidecar. But most of the time, I just use my Luna Display, actually. Um, and that is pretty awesome. Um, and both of those help me do a Stream Deck type thing. Of course, there is also a Stream Deck for ios app but that's a monthly subscription of i think ten dollars it's not the cheapest but if you want to try out the stream deck and you don't want to invest in the hardware then you know ten dollars to try it for a month to, if you've already got an ipad that could be pretty good
0: yeah the the thing that sells metagrid for me is that it built in support to trigger keyboard maestro scripts and it's like okay now i can do anything with this
2: yeah i wasn't aware of that so that that's definite uh,
0: awesome feature yeah, I'll be adding it to a future update of the keyboard maestro field guide cut, but I just I've got to get it running <laughs> right now. It pairs, it goes to the pairing pro the app loads and then it goes to the pair and it just crashes immediately. I got an email to the developer. I'm sure they're aware of it, but and you know, I, I don't like to hassle developers on beta software crashes, but they right. should they should at least know about it. I'm which I they must because I mean it doesn't pair, so the app is not working.
1: That's a very cool app that I will be trying out. My iPad mini, just like TJ's, is not yet running the beta just because I need to take screenshots of stuff that's on iOS 13 every once in a while. So I thought, I'll, I'll leave this iPad on iOS 13. It's fine. And uh, now I think I know what I'm going to be doing with my weekend, which is good because, you know, who needs to unpack all of these boxes?
0: So this is a the theme of the show. I, I have another thing that you guys can get into that I can't yet. <laughs> and then in a couple of weeks, I'll just call one of you up and say, all right, what do I need to know?
2: <laughs> it sounds like you need an iPad mini, David, is what it really sounds like.
0: Man, you uh, guys yeah, just want yeah. to spend my money, don't you? <laughs> just Happy the full set, the you know, top to bottom, full set. Yeah.
1: I'm just sitting here with a little halo floating open, over my head. It may be created by a Philips Hue bulb, but let's just gloss over that. It's fine. Yeah.
0: Well, TJ, I am so happy we were able to get you on Automators. It's so fun having you on Mac Power Users. You always bring something to the table on Automators. I knew this was a show where we could go straight to like Nerd Level 10, and you do you delivered as always. So uh, thanks so much for giving us your time today.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I've really enjoyed the show and, and, you know, more automation is better automation. So glad, uh, glad there's another way for, for folks to learn how to do this and get over, especially that initial hump for people of, of being intimidated by, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a huge complicated thing. Start, start with something small. You, you do repetitively and um, boy, you know, and, and then again, get great ideas from listening to the show.
0: All right. We have a bunch of links from the stuff we talked about, but where should I point people at that want to learn more about TJ Luoma?
2: Well, I I actually have been, I'm notorious for moving my website around, but I did actually, I I paid for WordPress for three years because I figured that would at least keep me there for three years. So uh, they can go to rhymeswithdiploma.com. And of course, that's how I've explained to people how to pronounce Luoma my whole life. But you have to be able to spell <laughs> rhymes with diploma, yeah. uh, or you can go to luo.ma, dot which is which will forward you there. Um, that's my that's my little vanity domain that I uh, I pay an outrageous amount of money for every five years.
0: Well, we are going to send people to that place. We're going to send them to your GitHub repository. Are you a Twitter guy? I don't know if you are or not.
2: I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm still on. I'm still trying to keep Twitter. Is not not entirely terrible. Uh, There is TJ at TJ Luoma and uh, love to to talk to folks there. So, and uh, usually it's a good place, you know, if I'm working on something and I've posted something fun, I usually will link to it uh, from Twitter as well. I I don't post a lot anymore uh, compared to what I used to back uh, in the before times, but um, I'm still using it and still get enjoyment from it.
0: Well, I can tell you um, when we switch Mac Power Users Forums off of Facebook over to our own forum, everybody told me how that was going to fail miserably, but it hasn't. And it's, it's, I, I get a kickle out of just like when I search a problem and the forums that I set up, are have the answer, you know, and, the, and you are a big part of that. You are one of the frequent contributors over there, always helping people. And I out.
2: never once used the Facebook forum because I have a Facebook account, but I loathe Facebook with all my being, yeah. but uh, that's another subject. So yeah. yeah, I'm very glad that you did that. And discourse is really good. I mean, I was never a big fan of web forums to begin with, but discourse is a really good, uh, a really good uh, set of software. So that's, yeah. uh, that helps.
0: It's just been great. But I just wanted to thank you publicly for being in there and contributing so much. And of course, Rose, too, who really is the only reason we were able to make it work without turning it into a bunch of horrible people spamming ads and stuff. Rose is, is critical to the success well, I of this work.
1: Automators and the Mac users are both very fortunate in that the listener group is full of wonderful people, just like TJ, who are always in there sharing all this cool stuff that they've gotten, that they've made and helping each other out. You know, yeah. it's the community really that makes it. And uh, every so often there might need to be a little bit of a helping hand with moderation, but it's a very light helping hand.
2: Yeah, it, it's a nice place on the Internet and, and there aren't a whole lot of those. So I'm really happy to have have a couple more.
0: I'm really making an effort to get in there more often. It, it just you know, it takes a lot of time to produce these shows and all the other things I do. But I really, I I never have a bad experience when I go in there. So I I've just got to get in there more often. But either way, thank you for all your contribution there and being so generous with all the cool automation stuff you've come up with. Uh, this will not be your last appearance on the Automators. I will guarantee
2: you that. <laughs> Wonderful. Look forward to it.
0: All right. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, and that is our friends over at Smile, ExpressVPN, and Mint Mobile. We are the automators. You can find us over at relay.fm slash automators. You can also find us at automators.fm. That cool forum Rose is talking about. That's at talk.automators.fm. You can go there. Um, What's going on in your life lately, Rose? I know you got done moving. Have you got any cool posts you've done or things you want to share?
1: I've got a lot of stuff coming because I need to finish redecorating before I can truly go automation crazy. But there's a whole thing with a home theater setup. Um, though I will add a spoiler for audio nerds, it does include a soundbar because my living room is tiny. Um, but there's going to be a whole series of uh, home theater automation, and indeed, how I automate my entire house coming up in the not too distant future, along with that promised toggle keyboard Maestro automation.
0: Yeah, I'm, I've been obsessing lately on trying to figure out if I because I can get my camera to do facial recognition with HomeKit, if it can reliably recognize me walking in the front door, can it play? You know. Star Wars through my home pods, as soon as it sees that I came home. I've been working, on my hangup right now is my face. For some reason, it's not consistently recognizing my face, but there's hope, there's hope. All right, Rosemary, you should set up your house. Go do that as soon as you finish your toggle script. (laughs)
2: uh, (laughs) yeah priorities Priorities. (laughs)
1: toggle script setup house unpack boxes in that order
0: i'm gonna have to use some automation to write my clients to explain why i'm gonna be behind on a few things because i'm gonna spend the rest of the day fiddling with my stream deck thank you and uh we're the automated see you in two weeks and uh have a great day